Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, happenings, and history of West Seattle intersect. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. In this episode, we hear from people who live and work in West Seattle about what connects them to this community. And we have a chat with the Southwest Seattle Historical Society's treasurer, John Sweetland, about the invaluable role he's played over the years in keeping things rolling at the Loghouse Museum and the secret behind his positive energy. This episode of Always West Seattle is a program of the Southwest Seattle Historical Society, and we'd like to begin by acknowledging that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, past and present, and we honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. The Southwest Seattle Historical Society recently held its spring gala at Salty's on the Alki waterfront, bringing together supporters and guest speakers from around the Duwamish Peninsula in an event called Celebrating Our Connections, Together We Thrive. I was curious to learn more about people's own personal connections to our community, and here's what some of the attendees on this lovely spring evening had to say. The theme of tonight is Celebrating Our Connections. What connects you to this community? History. The history we have with the native people and with the settlers and the community here. So what connects you to this community? Um, so many people that are lovely and the uh, folks that uh, work at the Log Museum. Uh, the theme of tonight is celebrating our connections. What connects you to West Seattle? Basically friends. That's why we moved here. We moved here nine years ago and that's why. <laughs> so the theme of tonight is celebrating our connections. What connects you to West Seattle? I've been here for 30 years, so uh, many different projects. I've helped on the Statue of Liberty project when that got revamped, and now I'm on the Alki Beach Pride project. So Awesome. What's the best connection to have in West Seattle? Community. Literally, everyone here. The best connection is just to be connected and stay connected. So the theme of tonight is celebrating our connections. What connects you to this community? Uh, well, I'm actually a recent transplant, so I moved here almost exactly a year ago. Um, and just fell in love with the area. What do you love about it so far? Um, I love how West Seattle is like this little neighborhood to its own self. It has a very neighborhood, like casual sort of feel, but you're also very close to downtown Seattle, so it's sort of the best of both worlds. So close yet so far away is how I describe it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, thanks. What connects you to this community? We are very proud to have the uh, Southwest Historical Society as our customer at Palm Street Bank and to be able to support them. Um, I'm impressed by the diversity of the work. It feels that Southwest Historical Society is not just focused on our past, although they are stewards of that information, but they're really working at making that relevant to today and connecting all the relevant partners in our community. And I think that's what's making it a different kind of Southwest Historical Society, is how to make it relevant yeah. to today's community. Well, I'll be honest, I feel connected to this community through um, my church organization, which has been around for over 100 years. And so it has a legacy that fits right into the Historical Society. And there are a lot of churches in West Seattle, actually, that have been here a long time. So um, really deep-rooted and um, they're there to, to not only be active right now, but to support people who 
been here a long time and need a little extra help. So the theme of tonight is celebrating our connections. What connects you to West Seattle? Oh my gosh, West Seattle. Um, my feet connect me to West Seattle. Thank goodness they do. You know, I don't want to leave this place ever, so I'm lucky I don't have to. How long have you been here? Oh, I think about 12 years now, but I'm really bad at numbers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best connection to have in West Seattle? Oh, I don't think I have it or else I would know, right? Like, <laughs> I, maybe you are. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not I me. I manipulate the media coverage of West Seattle if I keep talking to you, right? <laughs> can I sculpt the understanding? Sure. Yeah. Um, so the theme of tonight is celebrating our connections. What connects you to West Seattle? Oh man, Alki Beach connects me over 25 years. And more importantly would be Alki Beach Pride. It's the ninth year, and uh, it's going to be bigger and better. Can't wait. How about you? Uh, what, what do you celebrate about your connections in West Seattle? I love Hiawatha Park. It just it reminds me of uh, when we first arrived in 82, and we explored up there when it was just barely a park. The Olmstead brothers were still putting in trees, and, and we uh, later brought our children up there, and they went to Lafayette, they went to the community center for daycare. So it's just felt like a kind of our backyard. So you have your own history here, your own historical society. Uh -huh. <laughs> we sure do. So um, the theme of tonight is celebrating our connections. Is there a place or a way or a moment that really makes you feel deeply connected to the Duwamish Peninsula? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, you know, I have to say I, I, I grew up here, and so to me, Alki and Alki Beach is just Seattle. You know, it is just the experience of Seattle. But I have a deep love for the Duwamish River. I, that's where I'm out all the time. I work with a lot of different organizations mm -hmm. in restoring the um, health of the river, and it's just a magical place. What do you celebrate about your connection to West Seattle? Uh, we've lived here for, what, 17 years now, and we love everything about it. It seems like a, a really nice part of Seattle. It's a gem. Is there a particular place in West Seattle that you feel particularly connected to or passionate about? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know, Fauntleroy Park. It's behind our house. <laughs> so it's very convenient. It is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's beautiful. What connects you to West Seattle? Uh, born and raised here. My mom went to West Seattle High School. My dad went to South, and I grew up in Arbor Heights. I have a business here in West Seattle, so West Seattle's my place. What connects you to West Seattle? I love the sense of community here. I've actually never lived in a place I've loved so much, and then the people around me. And I've joked that if I were ever going to move, it would be to a place with warmer weather, but I'd have to scoop up the entire peninsula of West Seattle to go with me. That's quite a vision. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a particular place in West Seattle where you feel a very deep personal connection? That would be Easy Street Records in the Alaska Junction, Keith. And that would be because I moved into the cute apartments upstairs. I have a very big connection to music. It's always meant a lot to me. It's the easiest thing to carry uh, when you're traveling. Easiest, very portable. And that's where I met my fiance, Mike. I had breakfast there today, and I noticed a very handsome person working, running around. Could that be your fiancé, Mike? Oh, my gosh. You nailed it. Yes, he's the cutest one. And uh, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, the Reverend Horton Hash. 
I, I'm a very big fan of the Easy Rider with the veggie bacon. I hope that you give that a look next time. We heard it here first. Thanks again to all the sponsors, guest speakers, attendees, and of course, auction item donators who came together to make the Spring Gala so great. It was a pleasure to make some truly meaningful connections on that very special night. Events like the Spring Gala and many other programs of the Historical Society wouldn't happen without countless hours of work from volunteers donating their time and energy. One person in particular who's played a pivotal role in keeping the Historical Society up and running in recent years is John Sweetland, who serves on the board of directors as treasurer, but has also contributed a great deal beyond his volunteer job title. I talked with John recently to learn more about what's in store for the future of the Loghouse Museum and what's kept him moving forward through challenging times. How did you first get involved with the Southwest Seattle Historical Society? Well, I retired and moved to Alki from Mukotio. A year after I was here, I decided I should check into volunteering. Mm -hmm. So I met with Clay and started docenting. And uh, that was in May of 2016. Mm -hmm. And then in July of 2018, I joined the board as membership secretary. And uh, spring of 2020, became the treasurer and membership secretary. And then... This year, Megan Simkus took over the membership secretary portion. And you are still the treasurer. And you live pretty close to the museum as well, right? Yeah, just a few doors down. Cool. What interests you personally about our local history? I grew up in Fontaroy, and I love history. And so to be a part of keeping, saving, and gathering the history of the peninsula interests me. And then being a part of it, realizing that history is not just yesterday, but it's today as well. Right. Makes it kind of fun. So you grew up in Fauntleroy. And so coming to Alki is sort of returning home for you in a way? Yep, in a way. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about the way West Seattle has changed over the years? The junction's pretty much the same, other than the new apartments that went in. Alki is more diverse than when I was growing up, which is nice. I think in West Seattle period, it's more diverse than it used to be. Do you have any favorite childhood memories of West Seattle back in the day? Well, we'd bicycle down to the beach here. Mm-hmm. We also had our own beach just south of Fontaroy. Mm-hmm. You really stepped up your involvement with the society when it found itself without a staff last year, and you were wearing a lot of different hats as the treasurer, but involved in many other projects just to keep things afloat. Is, is that something that comes naturally to you? Yeah, I managed hotels for a living. Limited service hotels, so Hampton Inns, Holiday Inn Expresses, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So the GM handles the accounting, the payroll, everything, as well as overseeing the department heads. I have a lot of skill set. One of the projects that the Loghouse Museum had to raise funds for recently is to have the ramp at the back of the building rebuilt. And as anyone who's tried to do any sort of improvement to their home or business knows uh, what can seem like a relatively simple project can get quite complicated and expensive. Expensive, indeed. Last year, we replaced the last of the knob and tube wiring in the lock house. And because of our gracious community, was able to put a roof on, which ran us right around 37000 And then the railing actually has started being replaced. And that's another 27000 Once again, thank you to this community and support of our mission. Yeah, it's really awesome the way that people have stepped up in so many different ways, whether 
donating to these particular projects or attending the spring gala that just happened, donating things for people to bid on at that gala, or just volunteering their time in lots of different ways. It's It all adds up to protect the Log House Museum to, to keep it standing <laughs> and accessible <laughs> right. for people as it kind of is moving into a new era, I think, of, of rethinking of how that asset of the Historical Society can maybe better be used or evolving its use, I guess is the right word. Evolving is a good word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're um, rethinking the space so it's not just a museum with exhibits rotating in and out. For anybody that's been to the museum, there's a wall splitting two sides and we're going to remove most of that so it opens up more space for possibly events, meetings, that sort of thing. We've had a couple already. SDOT used our facility for a meeting on safe streets and tours have picked back up again this year with the schools and we have some private tours scheduled. So there's some real reinventing of the, what the space could actually be used for in the, as a community hub. And as someone that lives in the neighborhood right by the museum, are you uh, ever or perhaps constantly surprised by how many people have, don't know what it is or have never been in there? I'm not surprised because I didn't know it existed until I moved here. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I probably knew it existed, but was not front of mind by any means. What are you most excited about for the future of the Historical Society and the Log House Museum? You probably heard some of my excitement in the change we're doing with the building itself to open it up to all these other options. Mm-hmm. People can rent the space. All these options are there, and that's pretty exciting because it's a new phase that the museum's never been in. So it's exciting. Now that we're done with the roof, because that was necessary, and the railing should be done hopefully next week, the next phase is getting this whole new dynamic inside. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I mean, the, the museum, the log house is this asset, and just by standing in it or around it, you are interacting with this piece of history and the idea of getting more people to be able to just be there and experience that, I think is a really great idea. And being as old as it is, it was moved from the homestead as a carriage house to its current location and built larger into the residence in 1907-ish. It's a piece of history. It's our most expensive asset out of the 10,000 plus items we have under our care. It's the most expensive, Mm -hmm. not only to maintain, But as an asset, we need to use it and need to let others use it. That's where our mission is shifting with the building itself. And I think it'll make it more accessible to a a wider number of people or, you know, wider audiences, which is, you know, I think something that the society is striving to do. Exactly. Our words, writers and Southwest stories that we do every month. When the pandemic hit, we had to shift like everybody into Zoom instead of in person at the library. And it's amazing how that opened up internationally for the attendance of that program. Mm -hmm. And we've done one live hybrid, so one live and on Zoom utilizing the log house. And it worked really well. We've got some tweaking to do with equipment, but that's part of our upcoming changes. And people are interested. Those programs bring in a lot of people wanting to join in and watch. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really easy way to increase accessibility to these programs to people. And I imagine accessibility is an important topic to you as someone that uses a wheelchair. 
Uh, what is it like living on Alkai and using a wheelchair? It's fantastic. When I was looking at where I was going to live, moving back down here, I looked at the junction, Alaska Junction, and I looked down here. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I'm glad I found a place here. One, that Alaska Junction is more expensive in rent yeah. than it is on Alkai. Mm-hmm. And my accessibility for exercise down here, I can go out and do my two-mile roll and get that aerobic exercise in. Much easier here than if I was in the junction. But tell me about your two-mile roll. What does that involve? I've got this thing called a freewheel that latches onto the front of my chair, so it lifts the casters up off the ground. So it's unlimited speed, basically. And so I get out there, and I do between 12 and a half and 14-minute miles. Wow. Depends on how much wind and other factors. Mm-hmm. I used to go down Alki, but things are shifting. So if it's not level ground, then you have to use one arm more than the other. Mm-hmm. So now I go up and around the lighthouse and then down Alki a little ways and back up past the lockouts. And you, I think you mentioned to me once that uh, sometimes you'll go zipping down Admiral and, and get to some real speed. Is that right? That's right. I hold myself to about 10 miles an hour because it starts to get a little scary not having a seatbelt. Uh-huh. And if you hit something. So I'll take the bus up and then sometimes come back down just in the chair. Do you find West Seattle in general to be relatively accessible to you? Or do you think there are areas that need improvement? For the most part, curb cuts need to be done. That's where they cut it out so you can cross the street. Mm -hmm. Like 61st and Admiral, the north side has curb cuts on either side of 61st. The south side does not, which is pointless. Mm-hmm. So they need to work. The city needs to work on curb cuts. I know they got sued a few years ago. And so they're mandating changes and the pandemic slowed that process down. Mm-hmm. So there's more to come there. Restaurants are the biggest accessibility problem in a wheelchair because they're not mandated ADA. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is, but they're not. Interesting. So that makes it challenging at times. Is there any sort of local community of people or communication for people in wheelchairs that to to share information and stories with each other? I don't know. There may be. Yeah. I know a couple of people in wheelchairs and we've talked about different restaurants and which are better than others as far as getting in and out. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite restaurant in West Seattle? I don't have one favorite. Yeah. There's a lot of restaurants in West <laughs> Seattle. That's true. Is there a particular, do you have a favorite place in West Seattle where you feel especially connected to the community or the environment here? Everywhere, really. I mean, I live here on Alki, so this is now where I'm comfortable. Fontroy's very hilly, of course, so that's not easy to maneuver. Yeah. My dad and mom live across from the ferry dock and don't go there as often as I did when I was driving. Gotcha. <laughs> well, thanks for um, all of that you've contributed to the Loghouse Museum and the Southwest Seattle Historical Society and the community as a whole. I think stepping up as a volunteer. Do I need to rephrase that? Is that totally insensitive <laughs> to say to a person that uses a wheelchair, but stepping up? You tell me. I took it, I took it in the right context. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that I really like about you, John, is you, you take a lot of things in the right context and you have a great positive spirit that it's really been a pleasure to get to know you in my involvement with the Historical Society. And uh, I'm just always in awe of all the things that you are doing for this community. So bravo to you. And thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Well, here's my catchphrase. When I was diagnosed with MS and things were changing, mm-hmm. accept and adapt. Mm. That goes for anything in life. Yeah. But really when you have a medical change, but 
accept and adapt. That's good advice. Yeah, positive attitude. Thanks to John for sharing his inspiring story. And if it's inspired you to get involved as a volunteer, there are many opportunities open for you to pitch in right away from tour guides to garden tenders, event support and audiovisual assistance and more. Visit loghousemuseum.org for details. That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. If you like what you heard, help us out by leaving a great review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And be sure you're following us on your podcast listening platform so you don't miss an episode. It would also be awesome if you shared this episode with your family and friends, neighbors and co-workers, dogs and cats, etc. We also appreciate your mentioning us in your posts on Facebook and Instagram, where our handle is Always Podcast. And if you've got a great idea for a story we should know about, drop us a line through either of those social media platforms or email Keith at MadeWithBacon.com. Always West Seattle is a Made With Bacon production, all rights reserved. Interviews have been edited for brevity and clarity. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.